Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting-edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Do you want to become insanely successful? Do you want to be the go-to guru in your industry? Do you want to be talked about for all the right reasons? For over 40 years, Kevin Harrington has helped people just like you become significant influencers. Now he's broken the process down in the key person of influence roadmap, and it's yours for free. Just text KPI to him at 727-888-2100. Text KPI to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free step-by-step guide. Text KPI to 727-888-2100 to get the recognition you deserve and experience the success as the go-to voice everyone listens to in your industry today. Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast. This is your co-host, Seth Green. Today, I have the good fortune to be interviewing Jim Howden of Root, Inc., Dot com. They don't just manage change. They take charge of it. I'm super excited to learn all about Root Inc. And Jim, Jim, thanks so much for joining us. Seth, it's my pleasure. Thank you. Our pleasure. So what, it, what does that mean? What does Root Inc. do? You know, Root, Root actually is, a, is an organization that probably embodies the fact that people don't resist change. They resist being changed by somebody else. And so, you know, how do we really mobilize people's hearts and minds around the strategic initiatives, the priorities, the transformations, or just the day-to-day changes so people feel part of it and actually can contribute to it in ways that uh, often are are really powerful and important to the organization. Awesome. So let's go back in time a little bit. How did you get started? You know, we, um, you know, I started out as a football coach actually. And uh, so, so I had an interest in coaching people and, uh, and then we actually worked for the schools for a while, but we started out as a trend business. So uh, we were actually in this hot air balloon of looking at all these trends and we would speak on them, we would present on them, and we would do the front end of a strategic planning process, you know? And so typically we'd go off to a golf course, a winery, a resort with a small senior team and, and be the provocateurs to get them to look out the front window versus the rear view mirrors. And usually by the third day, we toasted our corrective brilliance because we thought we nailed it. You know, we were gonna ride some of these waves of change versus get swamped by them. And what we did is we brought that back to the organization and, you know, whether it was six months, six weeks, or sometimes six days later, it was dead on arrival. So we changed, I changed the whole perspective to, you know, success not being determined by the learning speed of the brightest few, but of the understanding, embracement, and advocacy speed of the slowest many. So we went about trying to get people to understand their business as well as they understand baseball or, or their favorite sport. And um, so we had to sort of begin began to create common languages that people could be much more a part of. Okay. I love the sports analogy. So how are you, um, what type of clients are you serving? You know, typically it's large clients. So it's, it's global 2000, you know, it's, it's organizations that have a a large number of people, but they're really trying to get them to understand the the drama, the the dynamics, the, the challenges of the business. And, you know, so they could get off the bench into their workaday life. You know, the stats are, are just, you know, they're heartbreaking. You know, 70% of most workforces are not actively engaged. Um, 
you know, I jokingly say, you know, the U.S. economy lost uh, $2 billion last year, and, and it's the number of people that are playing fantasy football and fantasy baseball on work time. So, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're checking players, they're experimenting, they're making adjustments, so they're playing strategy every day, just not ours. And so how do we change that? So the so work isn't a place you tolerate till you get to do your personal life so that it's as fulfilling and as meaningful as, as your private life. Okay, that's a beautiful, beautiful mission. So you're working with those global companies. How do they find you? You know, a lot of times um, it, it's by word of mouth or, or uh, you know, by sort of having our point of view out there. You know, you know we, we have uh, experts in gamification. We have uh, documentarians. We have, we have 40 artists on staff. Where we're visualizing business systems and almost creating game boards. Eight to 10 people really begin to demystify, you know, how they make money or, or their supply chains or, or literally the, the strategies for the future. So, um, so probably pretty much just, you know, we're out talking about what's working at a, at a, you know, at a Verizon or, or how we were at Dow really able to um, transform the power of the, the supply line or, or, you know, just working with the senior team that finally decided to tell ourselves the truth and, and go after the really issues that they've been avoiding for years. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. What, how do they know they need you? What are some of the red flags or the alarm bells that go off that get them to say, Hey, we need somebody to help us with this. Yeah. You know, it, it's a bit different at different times. You know, sometimes it's, they've tried everything and it just hasn't worked. And so, you know, I mean, originally when we worked with a company like Pepsi many, many years ago, they were trying to make a major change and, you know, for two or three years, it just was not getting traction. And so to mobilize at that time, there are 32,000, you know, truck drivers that were working every day and getting them to go from driving truck to being merchandisers, a whole host of new products where they were going from like four SKUs to 400, you know, uh, that was the reason we got called in. You know, sometimes companies are really in a struggle. Uh, we get, we get called at that time, you know, new strategies, uh, or, you know, really good companies that want to take it to a whole new level. Um, you know, we, we often get called in at that point. You know, when you think of it, and the, and the way I think of it, is that many of the best companies spend millions and sometimes hundreds of millions of dollars trying to transform the voice of their customers into their products and services, but they spend little money trying to understand their employees, partners, and team members as customers of their strategy and how that is, you know, gaining, gaining success or not. And so, you know, we pretty much come in anytime that's not going as fast as they needed to, anytime as well as they needed to, or anytime that they think that, you know, they just could simply do a lot better. Okay. And how do you help them with that process? You know, I think there's, I think they're at the highest level. There's a why, what, and how. So you go back and you say, you know, if, if we're really going to get people to, to behave differently, we have to think about this differently. You know, I would say that everything we do with town hall meetings and, you know, and, and jock rock kind of environments and all of that stuff simply don't work. We, we have found this to be true in all the countries, and, and I think we've probably engaged over 60 million people over the last 30 years, and that is people will tolerate the conclusions of their leaders, but they will act on their own. And so I'll, 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 it, it sounds rather simplistic, um, but it's really important because if we are going to get people to behave differently, only they can flip that trigger. So how do we invite them to co-think the business? And so 
you know, the, the whys of what we need to change, really understand the forces and factors and, and evolutions that are, are, are suggesting that, you know, survival is not compulsory and status quo is more danger than the change. And then what exactly are we going to do so that there is a response to that? And then how are we going to do it? And so typically, again, you know, that there's a rhythm to really understanding that, a cadence to it that we really try to get people to really do that. And, you know, it's kind of funny. One, one day I remember somebody said to me, you know, this was a leader, as he was dumbfounded at the untapped intelligence and care of his people, he said, we spent the last 10 years trying to teach our people how to do a better job. And if we would have, you know, maybe they would have helped us realize that maybe we didn't even need their job. And he, and he found that, you know, that whole essence of trying to take what we're up against versus how we've interpreted what we think you ought to do because we think better uh, is flawed. You know, that the whole issue is our people are more, more creators than implementers. You know, if we take the drama of the business to them, they probably can come up with stuff better than we could ever script for them if you really observe what they're capable of. And what are, what are like the magical transformations? So a company has an issue, they hire you, like what are some of the case studies of, hey, this is what the problem was and this is what we did and this is what came out of the solution? You know, I, th- I think of an example, probably a, a simple example, but uh, in, a, in, a, in a restaurant business, and of course this, this company happened to have tens of thousands of restaurants, so, uh, or not tens of thousands, but, but thousands for sure. Um, you know, I think they struggled with really um, trying not just to control the cost. And so, in other words, you know, they were all performing at a very predictable level, but it was, you know, it wasn't very aspirational and it surely wasn't, you know, very full of growth. And so, one of the things we, we began to focus on is we understood that a lot of these restaurant managers uh, were managing labor to a number uh, so what that meant was that if you ran the restaurant, you know, you would, you would have a model with so many labor hours uh, every month. And so that if you were under the allocation, you know, you brought more people in. And if you were over, you'd, you kept people home. And, and, you know, that makes sense if you want to tr- control costs. But it has nothing to do about improving the business because you're going to miss times when you, when you have demand and you're going to have extra people when you don't have demand. So we really went in and tried to help those, those uh, restaurant managers understand how to manage to a forecast. And so how do you really understand how to forecast your business? And once they did that, they began to not manage to a number, but manage to a forecast. And then the next level was, and then how do you influence the forecast? And so during downtimes, how do you work with a PTA in your neighborhood or how do you work with, you know, the sports teams or whatever? And it exploded. I mean, literally, as managers began to learn how to manage to a forecast and influence the forecast versus manage to a preset number, business grew in, in, in some amazing ways. You know, in the first six months, you know, they, they realized, you know, within even just a small region, you know, multi-million dollar advantage to the bottom line just because they took advantage of, you know, spurring the growth versus just making sure that the labor was under control. So that's just one simple example. But, you know, it's, it's, it's really... Yeah, again, getting people as 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 sort of competent in in the way that where they work as baseball. You know, I, I jokingly tell a story about when we went to a World Series game. You know, the people were all into it, and we walked by a woman who was 94 years old playing three dimensional chess with what are all the moves should happen in each inning going forward. You know, and and so she understood all the forces and dynamics and responses, um, and she was all in. You know, and 
but yet, you know, we don't find ways for our people to, to do the same in, in our workaday lives. So, you know, you start to do that and you find that they're, they're really capable and, and amazing things can happen. All right. Awesome. So you're achieving incredible results. You're working with large, the biggest of the biggest companies in the world. Um, with all the success you've achieved, what's your biggest challenge now? Well, for us, you know, our, our biggest challenge is still uh, distribution. We're, we're, you know, we are still a small company. So, um, you know, I don't think we talk to more than, you know, eight or nine to 10% of the accessible market for us in any given year. So we're, we're constantly looking for ways to, to, to be exposed to other, other opportunities. Um, so, so that's, I think, one of the biggest changes that we face. Um, I think the second big chase or, or big uh, issue we face, which is a constraint, is, you know, how do we make sure those uh, successful engagements of people, which, which tend to be, have tr a lot of power and a lot of energy, are sustained? You know, you know, really, how do we go from, you know, awareness and understanding and, and even energy of doing something different to sustaining doing it different? And so, and, and I think those kinds of areas are still ripe for us in terms of, um, you know, what do the platforms look like more often allow people to, to change the way they work, not just change the way they think about it. Absolutely. That makes total sense. So with everything that's going on as we're recording this, um, this is getting recorded in March at the, when everybody's been told to, you know, work from home if possible. How does that affect you? And how does that affect the co giant companies you're serving with, you know, workforces of way more than 10 people? Yeah. Well, you know, obviously it's affecting everybody uh, in, in amazing ways. Um, and, you know, and, and fear is, is a challenging thing. You know, I think uh, as you, as you, as you get into fear and anxiety kind of modes, I think that that people um, begin to think the worst and begin to fear the worst, and, and unfortunately, jump on a freak out thing and, and end up in catastrophe city. And so, I, I think one of the first things we try to do is is you know step into the anxiety and the fear uh, and acknowledge it and, and talk about it. Um, so we've got a number of the organizations we work with, including our own. That, that, that tries to step in the fear and respect and validate how people are thinking and feeling. You know, one of the examples is, you know, we've, we've in the past um, during time times just got people to, to put their thoughts and their feelings, you know, in a tangible way, whether it's a thought bubble above your head, you know, on a, on a piece of paper or whether it's, you know, in a conversation. And then I think one of the things that's fascinating is that during tough times where we, we, we exaggerate, uh, you know, what could possibly happen, um, we forget that we still have a lot of control. And so we, we, we've seen a process multiple times where you say all the things that you're fearful of and all the things that you're, you're anxious about, how many of those are in your control? And then how many of those might be in your control with help? And then how many of those are totally outside your control? And I think just because of the, again, the anxiety and fear, people on the first pass of that tend to put 80% of it completely out of their control. Um, but then as they begin to, to talk about it, it's, a, it's kind of amazing how some of those start to move to the left, so to speak. And though know, there are some things we can't do. There, there are some things we can do with, with others, and there's some things we can, we can do ourselves. And so we're helping organizations and clients do that right now. You know, what 
given all of the constraints, you know, what are the new opportunities that open? What are the things we still can do? You know, we were on a call this morning with a, a huge um, uh, food company. And, you know, what you find out is that, you know, their business has radically changed because of this, but it's being redirected. You know, maybe they're not serving restaurants anymore. They're now being asked to use their full distribution to serve grocery. And so, you know, that's a whole different uh, pivot. And so it, it's not simple and it comes with a whole host of challenges and changes. But, you know, people are resilient and I think, you know, and they're imaginative and, you know, and there's nothing like an urgency to create new alignment and a sense of how do we pull together. And I, I think that's a lot of what we're trying to do with organizations at this time. That makes a lot of sense. For, I know your time is incredibly valuable. We greatly appreciate it. For, your, for our listeners and viewers, now, the majority of them aren't the Verizons or General Electrics of the world. They're right. small to medium-sized business owners. How can you, are there ways that you can help them? And if so, how would they know? Yeah. You know, I, I think, first of all, you know, uh, from our standpoint, we are, we are trying to get our experiences and our lessons learned and our, our fail-forwards out in the public. So, you know, we've, we've ramped up the podcast. We've, we've continued to, to in, increase the blogs. We, we have a, a website that I think continues to put that information, both the information that we've kind of accumulated from, from all of our people working in companies around the world, as well as our clients, you know, online. So I, I think that's, I think that's the first thing. Um, and I think the second thing we, we've, we've sort of provided some examples of, you know, how do you get the elephant uh, in the room, uh, uh, you know, in the sky. So let's, let's, let's step into it, you know, and, and, and recognize, I think that, you know, people don't, um, this fear that they have uh, and, and sort of the fear mongering, uh, the best way is to step into it. And so, uh, and then to put the challenges in, in front of people, you know, we're, we're a small business too. You know, it's just amazing with the creativity that can come up, you know, it can, it can be simple, like a call we had this morning in terms of, you know, how do we phase what we used to do and, and make it easier to consume? How do we discount? You know, what are, what are we looking at to make it easier for our clients to buy? And, 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 and how do we, shift maybe some of what we've done in terms of building capability to, to really helping on the revenue and the cost side, you know, in small doses. So there's, there's just, you just have to think completely different about it. One of the things that I, I experienced in 2001 and 2008, the things that are, the thing that can really set you off track is getting preoccupied with what you lost. You know, I can't tell you how many people sit here and think, you know, well, our business used to be, or my 401k was, or, or, you know, or I was about to, to, to get that equity, you know, kicker or, you know, or, or it was just I was going to get a bonus or maybe I was just going to get a promotion. I, I think all of that keeps you from bringing the best you have forward. So you almost have to draw a line and say there's a new starting line, the new normal, and reorient people around. If that's the new normal, what can we do from here? The longer you sort of fester in that sense of what we lost, uh, the more you prohibit yourself from bringing the new talents and skills and even innovation forward um, amongst yourselves and, and with those you serve. Yeah, that may, yeah, I think that's spot on, right on the money. Um, thank you so much for your time. We know it's incredibly valuable. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, for our folks who are watching and listening, where is the best place for them to go? Yeah, the best place is, you know, Root Inc. 
um, you know, just www.rootinc.com. And, and I think on our website, there's a, there's a ton of information. Uh, and we're putting out more every day, every day that we can to just to help people. You know, our, our whole business is around, around invigorating the power of human make, beings to make a difference in the workplace. And there's never been a time quite like this. I think that uh, we take that more serious. So um, please go there and anything we can do to help, we're, we're all in. Okay. Thank you so much. This has been Seth Green with Jim Howden of rootinc.com. Thanks, Jim. Thank you so much, Seth. Do you need money to fund your idea, product, or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level but need capital to get it done? Kevin Harrington has heard more than 50,000 pitches and knows how to help you make the perfect pitch to get the funding for your entrepreneurial dream. He's distilled the process down in his perfect pitch cheat sheet, and it's yours for free. Just text PITCH to him right now at 727-888-2100. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free perfect pitch cheat sheet. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 to start funding your dream today. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.